Hashtag basic. We have all seen that or said it as we are engaging in conversation and perusing social media, but what does it mean? We realize that there is a part of it that is a compliment, but a part of it that is also frowned upon. We are living in a time of culture that does not value or encourage nurturing or developing your household or your family culture. But at the same time, we all crave it, right? That's the reason that we save all these boards and boards of inspiration on Pinterest and the reason that we are so attracted to design and organization and the table. But it seems so hard to get there, right? And I refer to this crisis as the lost art of home. Home is somewhere that we all are longing for, that we are becoming increasingly distant from, and there are consequences when we spend less time here. But also on the flip side of that, there is so much beauty and so much gained when we take the steps to spend more time here. Just a few weeks ago, actually it might even be as recent as a week ago, I was scrolling Instagram and there was a reel that came up that talked about the art of homemaking. And this reel went viral. I followed this account called The Confident Mom and Susan is the face behind it. And I saw thousands and thousands of new followers every time I visited her profile. And it made so much sense to me. Because this concept of homemaking and learning how to homemake is an art, like I said before, that so many of us are craving and intrigued by. And so I reached out and wanted to have her on to expand on this because I think it's a message. Actually, I know it's a message that applies to all of us across genders, across income levels, across cultural backgrounds and all of it. If you do not already follow The Confident Mom, I know that you'll head over and follow her today, but I want to tell you a little bit more about her. Susan is a modern-day intentional homemaker, and she is all about infusing joy and peace into the art of homemaking. With over 30 years of experience, she's empowered more than 75,000 women, inspiring them to lovingly care for their families with simple tips and routines. Susan's love for dark chocolate and coffee fuels her daily motto that life is all about the view. She invites you to hop on over to Instagram at Confident Mom, where she shows up daily, as well as at her blog, The Confident Mom. Guys, there is so much um, excitement and inspiration and growth happening over on her social platforms. I strongly encourage that before you listen to the rest of this episode, you hop on over there and give her a follow. You won't regret it. Hi, I'm Katie, a hospitality educator and the host of Making Room by Gather podcast. I am set to see our communities get back to the table through hospitality, but it wasn't always this way. My husband and I moved to Thailand and through it, I experienced some loneliness and with it, I was given a choice to sit back and accept it or to do something about it. And for me, that meant two things, that I needed the healing to learn how to accept an invitation and the confidence to know how to extend one. Through this process, I developed some of the richest and deepest relationships of my life. Through Making Room by Gather, you will hear conversations from myself and experts in the areas of food, design, and relationships. You see, there are countless things trying to keep us from the table. But can I tell you something? Take a seat because you are ready. You are capable. You are a good host. You guys may know that Colby and I just welcomed home our first baby, Wesley James. 
And he has been an absolute dream, except for the fact that we are still waking up every two hours and have been every night for the last 12 weeks. So we are pretty tired. Now, when I am this tired, I am known to reach for a little too much coffee during the day. And as someone that cares about my health and is always trying to learn more about it, I definitely started to realize that that was a little bit of a problem. So I started to look for an alternative because my productivity was getting affected, my creativity was getting affected, and I wanted that to change. That's when I learned about Magic Mind. It is a productivity shot that gives you everything that you hope caffeine would without the negative side effects. I even let Colby try it and my mother-in-law, and they both said, hey, wait a second, this stuff actually works. I wanted to learn more about it, and so I looked into what it was made from. There are familiar ingredients like matcha and ashwagandha that both work together to help reduce stress and anxiety without the crash of caffeine. I cannot tell you how much that our whole family recommends Magic Mind to you, whether you are postpartum and welcoming home a newborn, or you are in the middle of a really heightened stress season at work, really everything in between. Magic Mind is a staple for creatives and the everyday host. If you are looking for a way to enhance your productivity, get a little boost of energy, and reduce your stress and anxiety while you're doing it, you really have to try Magic Mind. And you could do so with our code MAKINGROOM20 by heading over to magicmind.com slash makingroom for 20% off. And you can actually stack this with the subscription offer and get up to 50% off your subscription of Magic Mind. Be sure to head on over to the link in our profile and try it alongside with us and let us know what you think along the way. I know you're going to love it. I think when we look back on our lives, specifically to childhood, younger years, that whole season, um, and we think of the word home, I think that there's a lot of probably very specific memories that come up good, bad, indifferent. Um, A lot of them probably surrounding parenting styles, maybe meals that were cooked. But when you look back to your childhood, I love starting back at the beginning. What does home look like for you? Well, I was fortunate enough in my, and I'm kind of older, so <laughs> um, I might date myself with this, but my mom, um, she was home all through the years until I was about in late junior high. And so I just remember that she was there when I got home from school. Um, we had family dinner every night because um, my dad, he was a police officer and he went to work around seven at night. So we had early dinner. I remember that we were the oddballs in the neighborhood, but just a lot of that. And then we visited my grandparents every summer. We drove from Washington to South Dakota and Nebraska in our like 69 Plymouth station wagon, you know, nobody was wearing seatbelts, but that to me really, um, reflects a lot of what home means to me because I would, I got a lot of what I think I incorporate now, even from my grandma and not, not that we live down the street either. Like I only really saw her maybe, you know, once every summer, but I can just remember her fresh, you know, chocolate cake with chocolate icing and, you know, canning green beans. And just a lot of those things I think really resonate with me, even though I'm not big on canning, I am big on food being the centerpiece to bring people together. And I think if we all sat and really thought about what is something that we can recall from our childhood, it probably is 
centered around food, right? I mean, it's like, this is ideal for you too, right? Yeah. You're, you're hard. And it's like food speaks to so many people in that way. Yeah. Wow. I was curious to hear that part of your story. And if maybe your story started with a negative experience versus a positive, because those things kind of launch us to respond a certain way in the next seasons. Um, And so that leads me to my next question. I'm curious, as you look back, who were the people in your life that you observed that either led you to think, oh, I want to adopt that, or I want to do that differently, specifically in the context of like homemaking or creating a house culture? Yeah. I don't think I, I I must, I must be really fortunate because I don't know that I can really pinpoint anybody where I would be like, Ooh, I know I don't want to do that. So in Mm -hmm. the years where I was growing up, um, I had positive influences. So, you know, my own mother, we had a, a great aunt that lived by that again, every time we, you know, got together around the holidays or for a birthday celebration, it was always centered around food and just, you know, it was that experience. Um, when you came to the door, you were like engulfed in the, Oh, I'm so glad you're here. Right. And, and I know for myself, that's how I want people to feel when they come to my house, not, not a come in and look at all of this stuff that I provided for you. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're here. Right. And, and if I can do that well, in my lifetime, then that's the check mark that I want to have said about me because I think, you know, those things, what we bring to the table in our home and inviting people in, it's like a, it's a full circle thing. So we get to provide that as a homemaker for our family. But when we go outside of our walls and bring some people into that space too, it really is a beautiful thing. It's actually cool for me to hear that that was your experience because I feel like once someone has experienced that, it's contagious and people want to adopt it and operate in it and learn from it, right? And yes, so yes. that's actually a beautiful family legacy as I'm hearing yeah, you that's talk exactly about it. That's what it is, right? It's right? a legacy because now yeah. I mean, when my brother and we get together and we talk about, oh, remember when Aunt Nyla made this or we have these memories of different experiences and they're they're centered around, you know, those people that were special in our lives. So, yeah. I'm curious, what's your family's like heritage culture? Like where in the world is your family from? What influences? Um, Well, my maiden name is Schumacher. So that is German. So, and then I think my mom's side of the family was Swiss, but um, so I didn't have a great connection, I guess, to, you know, like, you know, some families really adopt their heritage in the way of food, you know, and have, yeah. fam- you know, their family recipes. I wouldn't say that we had that per se, um, but we definitely um, did connecting and getting together really well, even though, like I said, my grandparents didn't live local to us, but when when we all went back and had family reunion, like, does anybody have family reunions anymore? Like, (laughs) we don't do that anymore. But I can remember that was part of my growing up. And it was special. And I'm thinking, why can't I should just start a family reunion again, right? I mean, anybody can start up these things that we can have great, great memories with. So I was interested to hear your response, because I didn't hear anything about like, feisty uncles or like (laughs) yelling at the table, you know, because certain like an an Italian background, you're like, oh, the food was great, but there was a lot of yelling or like, (laughs) right. No, I don't remember any of those. So that's probably, I was probably blessed in that way. (laughs) Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure we're all, all the listeners are thinking, huh, which, you know, which one influenced mine? 
Right. Um, <laughs> and I remember even too, so um, I've shared a lot and actually the episode I recorded before this, we talked about how much my family moved every two years and it wasn't military. It was just the family dynamic. And I was able to see a lot of different ways that people lived and mm. not even criticism, but I think we're all very much influenced by the tables that we sit at. Right. Oh my good, gosh. Bad, that's a good. Yes, yes. Beautiful or ugly, like all of it. Right. And so I think it was really sweet to hear how like your grandma, you just like learned from her and you didn't spend that much time because those things really are formative. Right. Um, so yeah. I think I would challenge all of you to look back um, and just think of the people that influenced the way that you do family and the way that you've created your home um, and maybe even let them know, but it's a good, uh, you know what? I think that right? is pivotal, open our mouth and let people know that they impacted us right in the positive way, yeah. because some of these people that I had in my life, um, I can't say that today because they're no longer here. Right. And so, um, so that is really powerful when we, we can affirm other people and let them know that they had a special impact on us. Yeah. That's good stuff right there. What, one of the things yeah. that you just said though, that I, I think is, is good to reiterate those memories for me. And, you know, and I think as you know, depending on, you know, whoever's listening today, um, you're going to be in different generations, right? And so, you know, I'm in my mid fifties. And so what my childhood looks like, you know, for me is going to be different from somebody that's in their forties or somebody that's in their twenties. And, but when I look back, it wasn't fancy. There was nothing mm -hmm. fancy about sitting around my grandma's table or even, you know, my aunt's table at Thanksgiving. There wasn't fancy. And so I think sometimes now um, people get paralyzed because they think they have to be too fancy. And so I know in my message, and I'm sure in your message, mm -hmm. it isn't about that. It is really, it is about welcoming people and connecting with them and those conversations. It's not a, they're not going to be coming into your house and be looking at your decor and picking that apart They're They really are there because they want to spend time with you. And I feel like if we just get over that hump sometimes of that, I don't know, sometimes I think it's fear, apprehension, all of that. It, it can really um, help us just make those connections with people that are special to us. Yeah, I've seen just in some of your stuff as I was learning more about you. The we use the same phrase perfection or not. <laughs> I'm gonna flip it in yeah. intention, not perfection. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, yes. and that's. I mean, that's the key. And I think both of our platforms, we kind of um, operate through the lens or teach through the lens. You have to have some skills, right? Like you have to have certain tools in your toolbox. But the yeah. goal at the other side is never perfection. And right. I talk about this too. And I think there's a lot of study to be done here with social media culture. It changed the narrative, right? And totally. I bet if we talked to our grandparents, there wasn't that heavy, loud influence constantly all the time. Maybe you went to someone's house and you saw how they decorated a cake and you wanted to learn like for your right, own right. enjoyment, maybe, right. but it wasn't, it wasn't for competition. So right. yeah, there's a lot to be unpacked there. Right. I think, you know, I mean, really yeah. what was social media then? It was our neighborhood, really. I mean, women were comparing themselves to other women on the street or at the PTA. I mean, that's kind of what I, I envision it, at least in my you know generation, but now it is just in our face constantly. And, um, and we have to be really intentional um, to guard, guard what we're allowing to impact us that could turn. And like you said, just flip that and it not be a positive thing, because I, yeah. 
I know for you, I'm sure, you know, I show up, I want to be a positive. I never want somebody to feel guilty or shameful or any of that, that produces nothing positive. Right. And so how can we show up in this space and give somebody something good that they can take away? Right. That's where we're using it for good. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like we were talking earlier, like your family legacy, there was, it was almost contagious. You felt something you wanted to constantly live in that state and then repeat it. We're not experiencing this everyday vulnerable hospitality, home culture. It's all this like perfection. And I think we're craving something and we don't know what it is. And so we need people to go first in what we're going to be talking about today so that more people experience what's possible, what was. <laughs> yes, yes, was, bringing it back, right? reviving it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is actually a really great segue. Um, I feel like culture has lost the art of homemaking. I'll call it a heart, the heart of it. Um, but I think also the value of it, like seeing the value in it. Um, and I think that really, as I was chewing on this, I don't think it's limited to a particular culture, gender, income level. It's just across the board, the lost art of home. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, right. And everything yes. that that embodies. Right. Yes. Um, yes. Why do you think? Um, hmm. So I'm going to ask a few questions okay. and I just want you to take it whatever direction you think is best fit. Okay. okay. So <laughs> why do you think? we lost it? Why do you think it's important? I guess kind of just like go go with that. Uh, well, <clears throat> there's a lot of things. I think that we um, as a family unit over the last 20 to 25 years have become over busy, 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 busy. So when you're busy and you're involved in all kinds of things that take you outside of your four walls of your house, yeah. you really aren't home very much. Right. And so there is a lack of time. I think that is really spent inside the home for one, which is really hard. So then it makes it more uncomfortable for, you know, the homemaker to be creating that space that is welcoming for her family and, you know, and a desire to even invite people into that space. If you are having to carve out these little moments where it's just your family at home all together as a unit, it makes it a little more challenging to want to invite people into that space. You don't have the bandwidth to do that. And so um, that for me, you know, just being at the age that I'm at and just seeing the difference from when my kids, you know, were little ones until now that they're getting ready to have their kids and just kind of that pressure that your, you know, your child has to be in two or three different activities a week. And so those are just those it's like a pressure, right? If we feel that we're not providing enough, if that doesn't happen and really what it does, it, it, um, it, it paralyzes the family unit from really being able to, to be in a space, um, that creates that unity when we're all at our different things, there's really a lack of unity. And so, um, Yeah. So that I think is a big piece for me and not everybody's going to agree. Right. I mean, there's, there's good things for our kids to be involved in things, but you always have, there's always going to be an other side of that too, right? You are going to miss connection and unity as a family if you're never at home. So I'm like chewing on that as you're talking. And I, I jotted down a note. I was like, what's like, why are we, why, why are we prioritizing busy? Why are we seeking busy? Why are we idolizing busy? And I think I gave a TED talk a few months ago and I 
kind of touched on this topic that I want to dive into deeper. And I think that there's been a paradigm shift in our culture away from creativity and community to independence and success. And there used to be a shift. That shift used to happen naturally when people went to college. But I feel like now, I, this actually like just hit me. It's like such a, my eyes just like burst uh-huh. open. Yeah. Um, yeah, an aha moment. I think the age that we're expecting that shift to happen is now younger. Like it's creeping younger and younger and younger. And so instead of modeling to our kids and creating space for our kids to embrace community, we're like, actually, no, (laughs) you need to be successful and independent now. And that's what we're valuing as a family. Oof. And I think that is good right there. It's subconscious though, I think, right. Um, you don't know until you know, Right. But I think that that's, and, and it yeah. happens, right. It's happened over a time. It's not like we just wake up one day and this, you know, something's flipped and, and it's like all of a sudden, right. It's like these yeah. slow shifts that happen over a period of time. But I think what that observation is very good because we are requiring higher things, more things from our kids at a younger age. And that, that in itself is a whole nother topic, right? Right. <laughs> And I guess it's because we don't know the alternative. We don't know the richness and the richness, I guess, that comes from being Mm -hmm. in home. There's so much value there, right? And so here's my other question. What do we lose when we don't have it? Why don't you go with that? Yeah. 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 I was just talking about this um, briefly in a reel that I did um, on Instagram and it is, it's, um, you know, you you lose the family unity. If you're not together, you, you lack some of the connection time that happens and where family bonds happen and where, where different people in the family feel connected that they want to contribute. Right. And so one of the things that I know in, you know, years ago when I was um, coaching mom, so they would come to me with parenting issues. And um, as we dove in and kind of, you know, uncovered some of those things, what I began to find out was that, Um, There were some issues with parenting styles and maybe some things, but the problem was there was so much chaos in the house and that that was kind of a symptom of a more underlying problem, right? That there wasn't routine and there wasn't, you know, family dinner time and all of that. So that unity piece is huge um, when it comes as like, if you have to like pick apart issues that are happening in your home, you're going to find that it's it's usually, you know, some regard to that. But another thing which I wanted to touch on too is that one of the things that I know some people struggle with, but is being able to open the door to your home and it's like you can... It's like all of the stuff that has happened outside when you're gone, doing all the things all day at school, you know, if you work outside the home, whatever that looks like, how can we nurture that environment and atmosphere for our family? And so again, you know, if we're not intentional about what that looks like, then it will be nothing. And so we, we, we lose that when you aren't interested in, you know, taking that role seriously and what that looks like. So, um, and then, you know, goes without saying if, you know, daily organization and stress that, that escalates if there aren't some routines and some rhythms that are, are in place. And I think one of the things too, which I learned when I, you know, would work with some moms is that it can seem overwhelming at the beginning, but what happens is, you know, this whole, 
habit stacking behavior that we can do, right? Is like you just start with a couple things. And once you get those things down, then you just add some more. So I think, um, you know, when somebody can realize that that is a piece that gets them to an end goal, it is really, um, really helpful too. And, you know, I, I bet everybody listening would agree, like, do people even know their neighbors anymore? I feel like I like that is something that has been lost. And I don't know that I can pinpoint exactly how to revive that again. But especially, you know, in the winter months, people drive into their garage and they don't come out until like spring. Yeah. And so, you know, I would, I would say for me, even today, how, how, why am I not inviting my neighbors over? I invite a lot of other people over, but I haven't done that with my neighbors. So anyway, yeah. I kind of digressed into a different direction, but no, it's so, so good. And I had so many thoughts on that. Um, the first one is we had an interview a few weeks ago with Brie McCoy, um, and she's a cookbook author and super yeah. cute, right? Her personality is infectious. And, um, that's, that's, how, that's that phrase, right? Infectious. Yes. <laughs> In a good way. I was That's like a good infection. <laughs> a good infection. Yeah. I was like, I don't want to insult her. I meant it as a compliment. <laughs> um, my brain's not working as well these days. Um, <laughs> lack of sleep will do that. Um, but she just moved to, I think, St. Paul, Minnesota, right? Minnesota. Yeah. And their neighborhood, they all agreed to invite the new family over one night, like over a span of a certain amount of times. And so I don't know, maybe six neighbors. I forgot what she said. And her reflection was so beautiful on just how transformative it was and how much more welcome they feel um, since that happened. Yes. And Uh. we talk a lot about you go first hospitality at Gather and there's beauty in going first, but it's also really uncomfortable because right. Whenever you have yeah. to break some kind of cultural norm at first, it like makes people skin crawl. Um, but like we've been saying this whole episode, once people know what's possible, what's on the other side, then they want to follow. And so I think like with your community and our community, you have to make that commitment to go first when you identify one of these things, right? So, oh my gosh, yes. so you identify, right? Like, no, I don't know my neighbors. No one's inviting each other over. Okay. So I'll assume the responsibility. I'll assume the first yes. step and commit to the discomfort, commit to the learning. <laughs> and then I'll watch people follow hopefully. Right. Yes. Yes. Well, yeah. it's interesting because I, I didn't do that in my neighborhood, but when we moved back to the area where we're at now, about a little over two years ago, I had lived nearby, but we moved to a new community. And um, a friend of mine that does not live local, she had been doing monthly gatherings with um, women in her community. And so I decided, oh, this is a perfect opportunity for me to have something to invite new people that I might meet, you know, at, you know, school or maybe the gym or, you know, just out and about to have something every single month that I can invite people to, to get to know and create community. And so I started doing that, um, a year and a half ago and the, the amazement of women, because like you said, going first, and it is not a cultural norm. They were kind of like, what, what's the catch? Okay. I'm like, there's, there how was much no does catch. It, how much uh, does it cost? No sales pitch, right? You yeah. know, it's like, you're going to come over and I'm going to keep you captive and sell you something or whatever. Yeah. But it has been such a beautiful community. And these women, every time they're like asking me, when's the next one? When's the next one? Right. They're just so good at at just now they know, and we're, they're a little community and all of these women, they didn't know each other before. 
But now it's just a mixture of all of these people that I got to know. And then I've said to them, bring a friend, right? You can bring a friend along. And so they've brought friends and it's just, it's amazing what happens. Like you said, when we are first and we just make it happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, we're like kindred spirits. I love this. Cause as you're like, as you're talking, I'm like, yes, yes. Um, i I call that concept blind friend dating. See, that's good. I love yeah, it. I love it. Yeah. And <laughs> As a chronic new kid, I've had to adapt that because depending on the community you go to, people either like the new kid, they don't like the new kid, right? Yeah. And and you're we're made and we're created for a relationship. And so I had to do something about it. Um, and so yeah, it's funny. I've been in a season very sick in maternity, postpartum, but I'm like, I need it again. I need it. And relationships look different now. And so, like you were saying, whether you're new in a community or entering a new season, whatever. Um, it's always a good time for it. That's right. So, yeah. yeah. I even but it talking- is that fear trepidate. Like I, even for me, like, is anybody going to come? What if I put myself out there and I say, I'm going to do this thing and I'm waiting, waiting, you know, after I've prepared some things and nobody yeah. comes to knock on the door, it's like, ah, you know, but that's not what happened, you know? So I love, brave. <laughs> I, I love pointing that out in your story too. Like people did come and they crave it. They keep coming back. Right. And I think in our culture right now, there, it's going to take a few of us to say like, it's not weird with some of these things, right? Like yes, yeah. culture says it is super strange, but it's not weird. Um, yeah. I love yep. it. Yep. I love it. It's so important. Maybe trailblazers. <laughs> trailblazers. Yeah. Is that what yeah, you said? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <trailblazers>. exactly. <laughs> so good. Wow. Well, I started following you through a reel that went viral. What is it at right now? Are you comfortable sharing? I think it's at 21 million views. It is insane. I don't know how to fathom that number. <laughs> like, <laughs> I still don't. I'm like, what? How many states from? of people is that? No, <laughs> right? That's a lot. That is wow. unbelievable and um, well-deserved, right? Um, and here's what I want to say about it. I remember seeing the messaging behind it. And I think I got teary. It took my breath away. Um, it was an easy follow for this reason. I think. Well, the concept behind it was that um, men and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, many of us have not been taught or modeled to like how to create home and your space is a space to kind of redeem that <laughs> and teach the skills that maybe weren't taught. Right. My, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's okay. Perfect. Yeah. And I was like, wow, no wonder why this is getting the attention it's getting. Um, because like we were saying, I think in culture, there's a mockery of like hashtag basic, like things are like hashtag basic, or um, I guess really that's the main one. And it's almost looked down on when things are basic, but, but on the flip side of that, we are craving what happens when we are home. We are craving these housemaking skills. Um, And so there's like a tension that happens and your platform works against that. Um, and so here's what I would love for you to do. I would love for you to work through however many you want. We could be here all night, three, five, um, (laughs) however many things you'd like to expand on the things that you teach people, the things that you, the gaps that you think we have. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess go from there. Yeah. Well, I think, um, I think the first thing is one acknowledging that you weren't 
maybe taught, right. Or modeled. I mean, I think we're in a, in a generation now of younger people that maybe had somebody else that came in and just magically cleaned the house. And so there's no concept to know what that looks like and not that there's anything wrong. If you have somebody come, you know, clean your house. So I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. However, when, you know, you are a young person and you're growing up in a home and you don't see, you know, or you're not asked, Hey, you know, clean the toilet. And I mean, for my 13 year old, we've, he cleans his toilet and I have taught him how to clean the toilet. You know, he, he gets some of those, um, those household tasks. And so he will leave knowing how to do those things. But, um, so I think that is what truly resonated for people in that real was, I mean, the messages that I got, right. We're just, heart-wrenching and beautiful all in the same time, because I heard some stories about people that, you know, lost their mom. They didn't have a role model. They, you know, and so not only with just cleaning tasks, because I think sometimes that term homemaker, it just, you know, I did a reel on that too. If you think homemaker and house cleaner are the same, then we need to chat because they're not right. Keeping a tidy home is part of the homemaker's responsibilities, but that is by far not the only important piece. And so just Knowing that you can develop daily habits, I think that is one of the top things that I like to share is that it's not overwhelming. You don't have to figure out all 50 different things, right, to do at one time. Just start with a couple things to begin to feel success in, you know, whatever that looks like. And it was funny because I did a real, um, or maybe it was in my stories. I just said, I know what I'm going to take, you know, eight minutes and clean my sink really quick. And so I clean my sink and then I had other people that put it, you know, in their stories, she said to just clean the sink, I'm going to clean the sink. And they put it in their stories and they're like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. We get paralyzed because we don't think it, we overcomplicate it. We think that it has to be this big deal, but if we just start with something, so um, so that's one, that was kind of a long time on that one, <laughs> but no, um, so it is, it's really, these are simple tasks. It's just getting in a rhythm and a routine. So they come more naturally. Right. Um, and then the other piece that I feel is so important is family meals. And we, I just feel like we have lost that as a society We're you know, like we talked about earlier, busy, fast paced, you know, it just seems like the more we can fit in, it's going to be the better, right. For everything. And that's not the case. So I really, we focus in our home on family meals. And I think it's really important if you can prioritize having family meal, you know, three to four nights a week, gosh, that I would say is right at the top of the, um, of the table there for making things happen. Um, and then just, touching on hospitality, you know, being in a place where you, it's okay if a friend stops by. So many women messaged me and were like, I would never want somebody to stop by because of the way that my house looks. Right. And, and that is where like, oh gosh, that breaks my heart. Right. We, we are a society that feels that we have to call before we just stop by. And I remember, you know, when I grew up, that didn't happen. People just stopped by, you know, and how amazing would it, would it be, you know, to have that kind of happen again? So, yeah. And then finding ways to simplify in your home. So if I've learned anything over my almost 57 years, and just a little part of our story is we um, moved from the area that we moved back to now, but we moved from here about seven years ago to a pretty remote um, beach community. Um, we sold 
almost 80% of our stuff here when we moved, um, built a custom home from the ground up in um, 20, I was 22 months it took to do that, but we were, so we had been in this community for about two and a half years um, and um, furnished that house and everything. And then COVID hit and we were like, you know what? Peace out. We're gone. We sold that, that house and almost all of our belongings again. And we hit the road and traveled in an Airstream for a year. And then we came back here two and a half years later. So, so what that experience taught me is that I really need very little to live a very happy life. And so one of the things that I am going to move forward in now is helping people realize that the stuff that's keeping us stuck is that it's stuff, the stuff that we think we need. And it really is just so heavy, right? And so you don't need 42 bath towels in your house. Six will do. And you just know, you know how to do that. And you don't need, you know, 13 wooden spoons in case, you know, you might need, no, you're going to, it's okay. You know, it's okay to simplify and just be surrounded by the things that you really love. Right. And it's, it's hard. There's, there's steps in that, right. <laughs> Cause yes. I mean, I, I have lost two parents. I've had to go through belongings. I've done those things. And there are, those are hard seasons, right? Um, But um, anyway, so those daily habits, bringing calm, family meals, you know, hospitality, just kind of stepping out into what that could be for you. And then just really learning what simplifying things mean to you. Maybe just, maybe it's less stuff. Maybe it's less activity, you know, whatever that looks like for you. I think what I'm hearing too, kind of like behind everything you're saying, and I want to, I don't know if I'm going to be able to like communicate this as clear as I want to, but (laughs) it's like connecting to our life again, like directly connecting to it. And I think, so you were saying like, there's nothing wrong with having a house cleaner and right. But I think what happened is we have outsourced. That's what I'm trying to say. We've outsourced so much of our life that we've developed this insecurity, right? (laughs) And um, I think it's time that we take some of those things back and connect with them. Do you know, is that making sense? Oh my gosh, yes, because I was thinking this exact thing in the shower this morning because there was a season in my life where I had somebody clean my house. Yeah. Somebody who puts out, you know, a product to help women care for their home, but I yeah. was maxed out on too many areas that I felt, oh, this is the easy button for me is to have somebody else. But I never really knew what they did. I never really knew the yeah. status. You know, I just kind of had somebody come in and do it. And so, um, and I did just what you said. I lost touch with really knowing the vibe of my house, really what's happening. And it might be seem weird to say that to some people, but it really is true. Now that I'm the one, you know, either delegating tasks or whatever, I know what the status of my house is. Well, it's so interesting. And this is maybe like a whole other podcast or like something I have to dive into more. But we, my husband and I started as a bakery and like a custom catering company. And we made things maybe a little bit more styled than other people. And the main comment I heard all the time was, I wish that I could do this. I wish that I could do this. And I got so frustrated because I was a self-taught baker that learned how to do it after a lot of practice and a lot of trial and error. And I was like, you know what? You can, <laughs> you can. And I, I almost got sick of myself saying that. I'm like, you can, you can, you can. And that's when we switch to the workshop model. Because I think what happens is we have outsourced so much, but really what people want is confidence mm-hmm. and a sense of security in their home and their life. And um, and so it's beautiful. It's beautiful to talk about, to teach the skills behind homemaking. Because I think 
more than a clean house, more than organization, we're a culture that wants the confidence in it, right? Yeah. And I think we've lost creativity, right? I mean, Hmm. we're afraid to fail, like, right? I mean, maybe when I was younger, I would have been like, well, let me try to, you know, whatever, decorate this cake. But if it doesn't look like what it looks like on Sozone's Instagram, Pinterest, then we're a failure. And so we, yes, have to build a little more confidence in ourselves and realizing it doesn't need to be perfect. That's not, that's not the target that we're shooting for. And all of this, like homemaking, hospitality, it's a lifelong pursuit. It's not a gene that people are born with, right? right? (laughs) And I think that's the misconception right now. Like so-and-so influencer was just born with it. And it's like, I bet if we sat down in a long form conversation like this, that's not the case. Like behind whatever food styling I've done is a lot of cakes I threw right in the trash, probably with Yes. Some words I shouldn't have said as I was doing it. It's good. It's good to talk about the failure and the, yep. you know, the process behind all of this yep. too. So true. Yeah. So true. I mean, I took, I I had a great opportunity when I was in high school. I took a full year of a restaurant hospitality like elective, right? And so, I mean, that really kind of got me excited to really, you know, kind of learn to cook and what, you know, what does it look like to serve other people from a place of hospitality and heart? Um, and so I didn't go, well, I guess I kind of did go into that industry. I was a flight attendant for 20 years. So I guess it, wow. it is hospitality it just looks a little different. I wasn't making the food, but, um, but I mean, I think, you know, some people are bent right on wanting that to be kind of something that they share a little easier, but just because maybe you don't have that bent doesn't mean you're disqualified. Right. Yeah. That's a really good summary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really good. And I think I want to reiterate you, nothing, there's nothing wrong with catering. There's nothing wrong with all of these things. There's a balance that we all find, right? Right. But I think if, if anyone listening feels frustrated and disconnected to life, right? Like kind of like out of body, they're living out of body. um, I think it might just be an invitation to take some of those things back. Um, Yeah. yeah, So good. So, so good. Well, the holidays are coming up. And I think what I realize about the holiday season when it comes to hospitality is so many of us are going to be spending more time, longer periods of time in our home than any other time in the year. Maybe we're having people over for the first time. That's a common experience. People are hosting for the first time all year. Um, And with that comes a lot of heightened stress and insecurity, right? Right. (laughs) A lot of that. And there are so many reels that are hilarious because they're true (laughs) when it comes to holiday stress. But I think what I'm trying to do is to help us realize it doesn't have to be that way. (laughs) We don't have to chase it. We don't have to accept it. There are ways to alleviate it and fully embrace the season. Um, And so what do you want to say to that experience? Well, I I will say um, start earlier than you think you need to. So whatever that looks like, if you're hosting people, if you're going to try a new recipe, um, you know, if you're taking something to somebody else, whatever that looks like, just make sure that you buffer your time a little bit more. Um, But I said this earlier, but I'll say it again because it's worth, you know, reiterating people are coming to see you. They're not coming to, you know, look at all of your decor and just see, you know, how clean your toilet is or, you know, whatever. Um, but those, I think if you can remember, right. Why, why there is connection, why people are getting together, 
it just kind of shifts your heart. Um, there's just magic that happens around a table of food with people gathering together. It's like food is the glue, right. Of relationships and, and just presenting opportunity to get to know somebody. And so, um, instead of choosing to look at it as an overwhelming experience, or I'm unprepared, or this is too much for me. I mean, all of these words and things that we like to cycle in our mind, How about choosing a different thing to say, you know, like I'm looking forward to this. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to knock it out of the park, making this recipe or, you know, whatever you can shift to say positive, it's going to be reflective on everything that you do and how, how it's received when, you know, people are in your home. So, yeah, yeah, I just, I, I think the holidays really exemplify an opportunity to, you know, really help and Don't feel like every time, you know, that if you feel led to invite somebody over, it doesn't have to be a big production of dinner, right? Invite people over to come over and, you know, and have a hot cocoa bar. That's pretty easy, right? Just throw some stuff out and have some candy canes and some marshmallows and chocolate chips to put in and people will come and you will have great conversations. You will create some memories, have a game or two on the table and and just just provide opportunity. When you are the initiator, you you will be rewarded greatly. Absolutely. Yeah. So. It's so good. It's so good. As you're saying this too, I'm reminded uh, about a year ago we had a conversation in stories about words that sabotage our gatherings. And I think we are so quick to do that, right? Like if, you know, say for example, your timing didn't work out the way you wanted or any of these things or just the self-talk our, our words and our thoughts surrounding our hospitality and homemaking are so powerful. And, um, Holly Furtick, she's connected with Elevation Church. There was a reel of hers that went viral recently and it said, your joy is your job. And, um, mm-hmm. she said, your joy is your job. And that like pierced my heart. It was a reminder I needed this season. Um, but also like, I don't know, this whole kind of all overlaps kind of your joy is your job, but also like the success of your hospitality is, well, I think, help me, help me out. We, we, we get to choose. We get what to choose. that looks like going forward. We can yes. choose to feel like it's drudgery or we're not going to show up in the way that other people are expecting, or you are going to choose to show up with a smile. You are going to cho- cho- choose yes. to be welcoming. You're going to choose to create those words that are going through your mind that are positive, right? And yes. so, yes. Thank you for I helping agree. me redeem yeah. that. Yes. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> it was funny. Um, I was chatting with a friend this morning and And she asked me a simple question and it really had made me stop. She says, stop for a second. I want to know what song is playing in your mind right now. And I stopped and I was like, oh, and then that song, I don't even know that, but it goes, ah, cause I'm happy to do And anyway, it was like, it's, it was popular a while ago, but it's like that one happy song. And I said, it's that song. And she's like, see. So, I mean, I'm going to ask people, what song is playing? If you had to say, this is huh. the song playing in my mind, what is it? Because now, guess what? I'm going to be playing that song a little bit more when I ask Siri to put something on or whatever, mm-hmm. because, right, that influences, you know, our mind. Yeah. It influences everything. So words, music, all of those things. So that kind of came out of nowhere. So, but that's your oh little my gosh. today. Welcome to the club. Welcome to the club. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> 
just making this episode more relatable for people, right? (laughs) You know, Um, one more thing on this making things simple, right? At at the holidays or really anytime is one of the things I love to tell, um, you know, my audience is that every time maybe you invite somebody over for dinner, it doesn't have to be a new recipe. Like if you have the Joneses and the Browns and the Smiths over, you know, all at different times and you make this same, you know, chicken cacciatore, they're not all going to talk about you and say, gosh, we only, you know, Susan only made chicken cacciatore. Um, So get confident in just a few basic recipes so that you can invite people over and you just know when we invite people over, these are the recipes that I know that I can have. So I think that in itself builds confidence um, in our just ability to even do it on the fly, right? After church, I'd be like, you know, do we want to have somebody over? Okay. Yeah. And then I know like, okay, we're going to have chili or, you know, or we're going to have this. I have like a handful of recipes that are my go-to when we have people over. And so just knowing that you have those in, in your toolbox is um, is a confidence builder, I think. You have an exciting launch, um, depending on when people listen, but it, it is today. Um, it is December 11th, right? It launched yeah. Yeah. today, right? There's been a it lot of lead today up. for the general public. Yeah. Okay. A lot yeah. of lead up to it, but today is the day. Um, it is a weekly household planner. And I love this because um, as we're looking towards building different skills and tools. It is so helpful to have a guide. Um, And so talk to us about this. For those of us that follow you, we know a little bit, but I'd love for you to dive in. What problem is this solving? Yeah, well, it definitely uh, solves the, oh my gosh, I don't know where to start. Or you get the middle, you know, you get up today. Okay. I'm going to clean today but I don't know what to start. You have too much, you know, brain fog or decision fatigue. Um, and then you just don't do anything because it's too overwhelming for you. And then you are just paralyzed. So you end up being, um, in a place where just taking 20 to 30 minutes a day gets you moving forward. You can cross things off. If you've got, we've got listeners that are People that are love to cross things off their list. This is definitely um, definitely one to have on hand. So it um, it really allows you to reclaim your time. I know for me, when like I said, I had a house cleaner for several years, and then I was like, you know what, I need to get back into the habit of caring for my own home. And it's so easy for me to open this planner, and I can look on you know, Monday, December 11th, these are the tasks that need to, you know, be um, done today. So I either do them, I ask somebody else in my family to do them, maybe they don't apply to me today, and I can just automatically cross them off. But what I've done is taken all of the typical household, you know, things that you need to do in your home. um, And I've, scattered them all throughout the whole year. So you've got weekly tasks, bi-monthly tasks, yearly, you know, quarterly tasks, everything under the sun, even cleaning out your purse. Like how many times do we just wait till there's like some chaotic thing, but it goes into the rotation. And so you are going to cover so many bases and you don't have to think about it. A A friend of mine that uses my planner, I love it. I said, can you just share why, you know, why you use the planner, why you like it? And she's like, because Susan gets to be the boss of me. I want her to be the boss of me. I don't want to have to figure it out on my own. And I just have to laugh. And so many people say the same thing. They don't want to have to think about it. They want to be told what to do. And it makes it so much easier. Then they get their tasks done in those 20, you know, to 30 minutes. And then they have the rest of the day that they're not feeling burdened by that, oh my gosh, I have to clean the toilet or I have to clean the shower, right? Just 
get over the procrastination that keeps us stuck. Just do the tasks and then move on. So, and I get a question often. People are like, oh, well, that's all great for a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. I I work outside the home, right? How can it relate to me? And I'm like, well, well, you still are the homemaker. These tasks still need to get done. So it may look differently, right? On how you use that list every single day, but at least you have the guide to guide you and you can choose what do I have capacity for today? Maybe maybe you spend a little bit more time on Saturday filling in and doing some of the tasks from the middle of the week that you maybe didn't get to, but it's still a choice, right? You get to choose what you want to do or not. So people have felt so much less stress, more joy in the role of caring for their home because they don't see it. Um, as such drudgery, they do see it as blessing their family. And that is, you know, I am a traditionalist and I really do value the woman's role in the home. And if women can see the power that they have to nurture their family, um, by really embracing the role of a homemaker, we are going to change society. And, and I don't think women understand that, what you do today in your home is going to impact generations and you won't know that you will not see the, the, the outcome of that. And that will almost get me crying because it is yeah. huge. So I'm sure, um, you know, mother Teresa's quote, do you know what I'm yeah. going to say? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, if you want to save the world, go home and love your family or something. Yeah. Right. So and true. And that gets shared like that every once in a while that cycles through a viral cycle. And it's just like with your reel, it's like, we, we crave that we see it, we know it. It just, sometimes it's a little bit hard to get there. I mean, so it's I love practice. Yeah. yeah. I love that this planner helps us get there. And also it's a paper product, right? It's right. It is. <laughs> it's a paper product. Yes. Is- but I love that too, because even in this tech society, I think there's something about paper um, and all your, all the environmentalists don't come at me, but I think that there's something about paper that makes things stick. Yep. And um, I could put a thousand reminders in my notes on my phone, but it's not until it's written on paper that I get it done. It feels more satisfying, all of those things. So um, yes, it is a paper paper planner. You buy the the PDF digital copy and then you can print it on your own. Or I have connected with a wonderful family owned printing company that's local to me and they have a fabulous um, economical way that you can print it and have it shipped to you. So it's very easy to get to get going. Yeah. So nobody has to stay stuck anymore. (laughs) So, so good. Well, we are going to link that in the show notes and close out with three questions that we ask all of our guests. And these are so fun. They help us just get to know you a little bit more. Um, and it is dinner time. And so when we're talking about food, (laughs) (laughs) curious to hear what you're eating. Um, what is something you've eaten recently and loved? Okay. This is going to, I'm sure nobody else has said this before, but we recently discovered beet horseradish and it is so good. It is, you know, red in color and it's horseradish just mixed together. It is so good. So that is what Wow. I, I put it on burgers. I put it with the meatballs, all the things. It's so good. Yeah. You make it or buy it. I buy it from, um, I think it's Bubba's actually has it, but yeah. So that's where I, yeah, I get it. Yeah. That's right at my alley. (laughs) Yum. The last uh, conversation we had was all about Hawaiian food. So definitely a different, yeah, different route. Um, okay. How about a gathering you attended that made you feel a strong sense of belonging? And if you could pinpoint it, what it was that made you feel that way? 
Yeah. So this is easy because it was just last week. Um, so I'm in a group, a Bible study group with a, a lady, with some ladies, and we had an end of our season for um, our study and we did a brunch, but everybody it was potluck. Everybody brought a dish, but the gal who hosted, um, she had just set up this beautiful place for, you know, all of our food to be displayed. And it just, um, you know, there again, food is the connecting piece, but then just the conversations so rich, I felt valued. Um, there was vulnerability, right? When you feel connected to people, we yeah. start, you know, letting our guard down. And that's when really the beautiful conversations come because when you can do that with a community of people and they still like you, <laughs> right. then you know, you've found your people, right? And yeah. so it, for me, that day was really powerful. Just a lot of really rich conversations. The Bible study was actually on friendship, which just made it even better because really, I mean, in the Bible study part was just who is our best friend. Our best friend is Jesus. Um, and yeah. just being able to learn through scripture and that. Um, so that was just really, yeah, really powerful, a feeling of belonging. And we all mm -hmm. really desire that, right? We really yeah. want to belong. We do. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. I have a similar so group I'm in and yeah. we change the food um, theme every time we gather. Oh, and I love so that. It's fun. It's so fun. Yeah. We all contribute. Um, yeah. Food memories are definitely powerful ones, right? Um, and this last one is fun, especially around the holiday season with lots of shopping, but whatever your answer is, is fine. Um, <laughs> something you've discovered recently that you think everyone should know about. It could be a random Amazon find, a TV show, anything. Okay. Well, mine, I'm very practical. So mm -hmm. <laughs> if it's in my house and I love it, there is a very practical reason. So, um, it's a humidifier, um, le legit. If you do not have a humidifier going in your house during the winter months, you are, you are just doing it wrong. So humidity, <laughs> literally, you know, when the furnace starts going in the fall, it's such dry air that an illness and sickness really escalates. If you add humidity in your, um, your air, you will have a reduction of the germs and stuff that are floating around. Not only that, but your nasal cavities are going to be happy because it's yeah. just moist air. So yeah. So I have three humidifiers that go in my house and they're, they're like 30 bucks on Amazon. And I tell everybody around, they come to my house, they see them. They're like, what is this? It's a humidifier. And I send them the link too. It's, it is a lifesaver during the winter. So do you add oils to them, not to the humidifier. I do have, um, a diffuser. diffuser yeah. But the oils will break down this, the plastic on that. So you don't want to be doing that. So okay. it's strictly, yeah, just for moisture in the air. I so, love it. Yeah. Yep. That's, that's great. <laughs> Practical yeah, Susan, and you're not going to find anything then. <laughs> I'm thinking, <laughs> yeah, I don't have one. We have one that we got for the baby shower for when he's sick. You know, that's yeah. how we all think about Run it, it. Yes. You need to be running it all the time now. Literally it, you will notice a difference. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, okay, mom. Okay. I'm kidding. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I'm sure you hear this a lot and it's endearing, but I was sharing your account with a friend who I knew would love it. And I was like, she's like an Instagram mom. Oh, well, I've got lots of messages where people have said that. Yeah. Right. In the most endearing <laughs> so, way. Wow. Yeah. I will oh, take I it. it. I know God I has given it. me this platform and I, and I am just walking into it and whatever that looks like, I'm, I'm all for it now. So really sweet, really sweet. Well, I am going to link um, to the guide and to your Instagram in our show notes, but where else do you want to send people? Where can they find um, you? I have a blog. It's just theconfidentmom.com. And I've 
had it for over 16 years. Lots of great content there. Um, not regularly adding new blogging content there, but lots of good stuff there. People just feel like they want to peruse, but yeah, those are the places. Yeah. We'll tag it all. Well, thank you so much. This was such a timely conversation. Yeah. And we're celebrating the launch and all of your growth with you. So exciting. Yes. Thanks so So much. So exciting. Well, guys, thank you so much for being here and we will see you next week.